Well, hello. Welcome back to Wine Therapy. It is our second episode. The first episode was a huge success. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for rating. Thank you for reviewing. Normally, a typical podcast episode gets 140 downloads on average. Our first episode at this point has 3,000 plus downloads, and uh, that's only in a week's time. So thank you guys so much for helping to make this show a success. And uh, we hope to keep bringing you fun and exciting topics and segments for you guys to enjoy. Reminder that we are available on a lot of different places. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all kinds of different places, wherever podcasts can be listened to we're probably on it and if we're not please shoot us a message uh we're on twitter we're on facebook we're on instagram uh send anything in to wine therapy podcast at gmail.com uh and please check out our website if you want to donate to our show there's a link both in our show description and on our website. I hope you guys are staying cool. I know it's really hot out there right now. Our website is winetherapypodcast.com or just shoot straight to our email, winetherapypodcast at gmail.com. Now for today's episode. So we are seeing some of these people start to see some consequences for the shit that they're doing. It seems every other week there's a new like Karen video that goes viral where <laughs> some white woman is being racist or doing something stupid and she gets doxxed and loses her job or worse. Um, and one of the, the biggest one that's happened recently is this woman, Amy Cooper in New York City. Um, I'm going to play the clip. But uh, essentially, she th- this was uh, on, a, I believe, a Saturday or something in Central Park. Um, and she's a white woman. She was walking her dog. There was a black man named Christian Cooper, no relation, who is a bird watcher. You know, he's like a Marvel Star Wars, you know, fanboy geek who is a bird watcher on, you know, in his spare time. And he didn't like the fact that she was illegally walking her dog in Central Park without a leash. And he asked her to put the dog on a leash and she refused. And so he started recording her. And uh, this is what happened. Would you please stop? Sir, I'm asking you to stop. Please don't come close to me. Sir, I'm asking you to stop recording me. Please, please don't come off. close to me. Please take your phone off. Please don't come close to and me. I'm taking pictures of calling the cops. Please, please call the cops. Please call the cops. I'm gonna tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. Please tell them whatever you like. I'm sorry, I'm in a ramble, and there is a man, African-American, he has a bicycle helmet. He is recording me and threatening me and my dog. There is an African-American man, I am in Central Park. He is recording me and threatening myself and my dog. And my dog. I'm sorry, I can't hear you either. 
I'm being threatened by a man into the ramble. Please send the cops immediately. I'm in Central Park in the ramble. I don't know. Yeah. So <laughs> that's what happened. By the way, so those uh, sounds that you get here in the background were the sound of her choking the shit out of her dog. And almost killing him, probably. She lost her dog from what I saw online. She it did snatched up lose her dog. her dog and then they got it. She got it back, unfortunately. So <laughs> look, I'm just going to say this. I'm a white woman. I don't understand whatever reflex or wiring that all these Karens have. Like, oh, look, a black person minding their business. I should get the police involved in this. Like, I just I don't get like barbecue Becky, the same thing. Like, I don't understand. These people are living their lives. Leave them alone. Why do you need to get all up in their kitchen? Leave them alone. They're not well, here's bothering the thing. you. She, she was the one who was actually breaking the law. She was in yeah. a part of the park where your dogs are not supposed to be off leash. And from what I read, there were a lot of other people who recognized her and said, she does this all the time where she brings her dog there and the dog is not on a leash. And so she's on notice that she's not supposed to have her dog unleashed there. And by the way, she had all of her social media has been scrubbed, of course, but, <laughs> but she, she had an ins a personal Instagram and an Instagram for her dog. Someone did a, but before she deleted it, they screenshotted all of her posts on her dog's Instagram and almost every fucking week was a different post of, a, of the dog being injured. Like one oh week God. it would be like, oh, you know, Sadie fell down the stairs and broke her leg and you see the dog like with a cast on or. Um, oh, um, she choked on something because I, I lost control of her in the park. And, you know, I'm so happy that I was able to perform the Heimlich and save her. That was the most recent one, I think, just before this incident, which, by the way, you would think that if you lost control of your dog and she found something in the park and ate it and choked on it, that that would then prompt you to not bring her back to the park without a leash. But yeah, you're bringing logic to this situation. We're not. <laughs> But there She's were like a dozen posts like that about this dog and different injuries. So it was like, holy shit, is this like a fucking Gypsy Rose type situation? <laughs> this is like Munchausen's by proxy. Is it like a really old dog? I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember. I, I'm like, I've had dogs over the years and I could probably count on a couple fingers the amount of times they've been like, injured except when they get like old old and then it's not even really injured it's just they have different problems that come up so what kind of what kind of michael vick dog fighting was she having this dog do <laughs> well see it's like either she's abusing the dog uh and the injuries are real because clearly no animal gets into this many number of quote-unquote accidents this often or the injuries are fake and she's just using it as way to get attention on social media for the gram <laughs> either way there's something wrong with her and they should have taken the dog away and kept it away from her because for, i i just i don't know i don't know what the policy is of this particular dog shelter but given what we saw on the video i really don't know how they can justify giving the animal back to her 
but um with the the guy who uh the black guy who is uh who had the police called on him he's actually very cute if you want to look him up christian cooper he's like Ooh, 50 years he? old but he's actually hot and like has big muscles but Daddy. <laughs> he uh his sister is the one who posted the video um and i think now it's gotten something like 40 million views um at least on twitter and that doesn't count how many it got on facebook and instagram and on the news because it was everywhere but what i found so kind of chilling about that video was she as a white woman clearly knew that she had the power of her white woman tears to call the police and say a black man is threatening me and i need the police when it's clear from the video, she wasn't being threatened. She wasn't scared. He wasn't doing anything to her. In fact, she was the one walking aggressively toward him and he was telling her, don't come close to me. So she knew that if she called the police and said, you know, oh, this man's recording me and I don't want him to record me, they'd laugh her off and hang up on her. So instead, she said, let me go with what I know will not only get the police to come, but it will get them to come with the guns blazing and they will show up all riled up and ready to pull out their guns and shoot him and, and have this extreme reaction to him when they arrive here. She wanted him to be terrorized. She wanted him to be terrified of the consequences of daring to challenge a white woman. What do you think she was expecting him to say? I think she was she expecting that he would acquiesce and, and genuinely be afraid of what would happen if he stuck around and just leave. Um, I love which, the confidence in his voice when he says, please do. <laughs> do well, they, they did. They, they both did end up leaving the scene. And I believe once the police got there, neither of them were there. So nothing, so no action was taken. But, mm. um, you know, imagine how differently that could have gone had. Yeah. They showed up thinking that this woman was being, you know, assaulted or worse by this man. How many times do you think people show up and assume that a black person, particularly a black man, is the aggressor or is the or, you know, take for granted that they've done something wrong and respond accordingly? I mean, I've seen in the past couple of weeks numerous cases where the black people are the ones who actually called the police because. White people were doing something to them. And when the police showed up, they arrested them without asking questions. They just arrested the black person. So the at the very end of that video, I'm going to play that part again. But at the very end of the video, you can hear her ratchet up the drama and all of a sudden start cry, fake crying. And it's it's kind of chilling just to see how quickly she goes into that. I'm sorry, I can't hear you either. I'm being threatened by a man in the ramble. Please send the cops immediately. I'm in Central Park in the ramble. I don't know. I mean, are you a sociopath? Seriously, like. She should get a fucking Academy Award for that performance. Nothing was happening to her. 
So what, why the act? Why this whole, because she knew what it meant. She knew what it meant to be a white woman in trouble. You remember that scene from scary movie mm-hmm. <laughs> where Sydney or whatever the character's name was that Aunt Anna Ferris played, um, Cindy, she is on her computer wanting help and she types in a white woman in trouble. And all of a sudden, a, a millisecond later, all the police show up with like the SWAT teams and fire trucks and helicopters and every fucking thing else. I mean, it's funny, but it, 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 it reflects the reality. And, you know, there were there have been thousands upon thousands of black men who have been murdered over the course of time in the name of some white woman in trouble. And it's just really scary to see that it's still just as effective today as it's ever been. And by the way, because so many white Democrats and white liberals want to say every time they see some form of racism. Oh, it's Trump. It's Trump. It's a it's a Republican. It's a Trump supporter. It's a MAGA person. Actually, Amy Cooper is a Northeastern white liberal Democrat who supported uh, progressives, uh, progressive politicians like Zephyr Teachout. It was she had posted that type of stuff on her Instagram before it was deleted. So let's not pretend that racism is something that's only found on the Republican side, because I can guarantee you that black people, if you actually talk to them and listen, they will tell you about racism they've experienced from white people in the North, in the South, in the East, in the West, in rural America, in suburban America, in the big cities. It's everywhere. And so stop trying to minimize the issue and trying to absolve yourself and your friends and your family and your neighbors from this issue. By claiming that it only happens in the South or that it only happens, it's only Republicans. No, it's not, actually. And so this is something that everybody needs to be talking about. But um, so, you know, that was the most egregious one. But there have been so many others that have happened. Um, there was just one uh, the other day where a Hispanic man was, I believe, writing Black Lives Matter in chalk on his own property in a very wealthy neighborhood in San Francisco. And uh, this white couple came up to him and started harassing him and telling him, you know, you don't live here. You need to stop writing that. We know the owners. You need to leave. We're going to call the police, which they did. And the guy's saying, I don't owe you any explanations. You don't know the owners. You don't know if I own this house or not. This has nothing to do with you. Leave me alone. Go away. And they continue sitting there harassing him. They did call the police. The police came. And I don't even think the police got out of their car. They just basically did a drive-by and was like, peace. This is some (laughs) bullshit. But it turns out that, in fact, this Hispanic man that they were harassing was, in fact, the homeowner. And so they clearly didn't know the person who owned the house like they claimed they did and just yesterday the woman involved it was found out that she was the she's the ceo of some big make or not big but some makeup company called like LaFace uh makeup or whatever and <laughs> her the, the the website for her makeup line crashed 
the she deleted her, the the company's Instagram, and it appears that the only like real business that her company had was with Birchbox, and Birchbox terminated her contract. <laughs> so her entire business work. basically just went under overnight. And then I just read this morning that her husband was fired as well from whatever job he had. So good luck affording the mortgage on that expensive ass house in San Francisco, bitch, because <laughs> you don't have a job. You, neither of you have jobs. And uh, that Hispanic guy that you were harassing is laughing. But getting to some <laughs> on, on this issue of Karens and white people <laughs> calling the police. But let me pour another glass of wine on this shit yes so let's move on to talking about what is happening with this cast of vanderpump rules (laughs) vanderpump rules if you don't know is a reality show on bravo that is if you've ever seen the hills or laguna beach imagine that but set in a couple of restaurants in west hollywood with more it, STDs. <laughs> right. Yes. It, it's based on a woman named Lisa Vanderpump, who was a housewife on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, was a housewife. She's not on it anymore. And she is a wealthy white lady in Beverly Hills who owns several restaurants. She and her husband. Um, three. I, I think she owns three restaurants, Villa Blanca, Sir, and... Uh, now a new one named Tom Tom. Or, I'm sorry, no. Then there's also Pump. Um, so four. Uh, but only uh, two of those restaurants really show up on Vanderpump Rules. Um, Sir and Tom Tom. Um, and the show basically follows the staff. And you've seen some people come and go over the years. Some of them leave. Some of them come back. Um, but it's essentially a bunch of young people who are drunk and, you know, 35 year olds acting like they're 16, sleeping with each other, getting into fights um, and just really petty, immature drama that is mindless fun to watch when you're drunk. <laughs> and it's a Saturday. You've got nothing else to do. Yes. But, um, two of the cast members on this show uh, Stasi and Kristen, who are two white women who uh, are, well, I'm actually was kind of confused because this, the the most recent season ends with them not being friends. So I don't know how I don't know what happened since then. But uh, the whole show is white people basically. There's only one uh, black cast member that's ever been on. I think um, her name's Faith. She was only on like a couple of episodes and there was some big controversy with her, you know, a while back because she slept with this guy named Jax, who was in a relationship with another girl named Brittany. And it was a whole sordid thing because apparently she was like taking care of some elderly person or something. And she brought Jax over to have sex, like in the elderly person's house, like while she was supposed to be taking care of them. And it was just a whole mess. But. So, you know, Faith isn't exactly an angel, but no, no, nor is anybody else on the show. They all, they all sleep with each other, cheat on each, their spouses with the, with their best friends, girlfriends, boyfriends, everything else. That's what it's all about. But 
they don't like Faith and they've never treated her very well over the years. So apparently, and maybe you, you know more about this story than I do, Nancy, but maybe um, there, there was a woman who was wanted by the police. Um, and I don't know what she was wanted for, you know? Burglary, I believe. Okay, yeah. So there was a bur- some burglary that happened, and I guess the police had an image of her. Um, the only image I saw was like black and white. So maybe it was like a night vision video or something. Essentially, Kristen and Stasi decided to call the police and tell them that the woman in the video that they were looking for who was wanted for this burglary was their castmate, Faith. And you can look up the picture, but I've seen it and it doesn't look anything like her. You can clearly tell. I mean, I've only seen the, the girl a couple of times on the show and I can tell that it's not her. So clearly people who actually know her in real life and interact with her face to face can tell that isn't her. But I guess they, because they don't like her, they were just being bitchy, mean girls and decided they were going to call the police and tell them that this was the person they were looking for. And I don't know. And then Jax was tweeting all over the place about how she's wanted for Grand Theft Auto. And she went AWOL from the military when she got her stint on whatever that new MTV show was that she got on. I don't really watch MTV. But when she got on that new show, Jax was just blowing her up via Twitter like, it's probably not smart, you know, to go on a reality show, you know, after you've committed all these crimes. Like, whoa, dude. Yeah, Jack is a pretty terrible person. Um, if you I've, if you don't watch the show, I mean, it's it's almost like dealing with a like a West Hollywood version of Donald Trump. Like he's he's racist. Whoa. He's homophobic. He's a narcissist. He's an idiot. He is just a, I mean, he like backstabs every single one of his friends. He has no loyalty to anyone. He's just an awful awful person and i don't know why anyone remains friends with him i don't know why Brittany remains married to him um well, there's theories on the subreddit that he has some significant dirt on like schwartz and sandoval and that's why they will not like betray him is because he apparently has some sort of crazy receipts that they really don't want out which i can't imagine anyone having anything on me that i would be like I'm going to tolerate this for years. I'd be like, just leak it. I don't care. Just yeah. Well, I mean, what could it alone. be? I mean, every, every terrible thing that there could be has like happened on this show already. So have I don't you know. gone into his uh, replies ever on Twitter? I have never even been on Jax's Twitter page. He's very nasty to anyone that makes any sort of comment. Like someone on Reddit the other day compiled, like, cause there's new Instagram accounts starting up. Like, Accountability for Stassi and cancel Jax Taylor. Accountability for Stassi. Yeah, all this stuff um, is being posted. And it's just whoever these Reddit people are like, God, I love the Internet. Whoever these Reddit people are that are going through and just compiling massive photo albums of receipts of him, like saying awful, like. Transphobic mean-spirited comments to people that they're not even adding him when they say it. They're just saying like, yeah, last episode, I think whatever. And he's like, you're pimply face, you stupid loser. Like, 
he all the time, whenever it's a dude and it's like his profile picture is him and a woman, it's like, oh, yeah, so you had to get a beard. And I don't mean the facial hair, obviously, like just if you ever I mean, I can't go through his replies anymore because I'm blocked. But like, <laughs> if you go, <laughs> you can see just the hatred that he's. Wait, why did he block you? I retweeted a negative comment. <laughs> Wait, but that's. How would he know? So like, now I just have to rely on Reddit for my <laughs> for my Jax Taylor updates. Yeah, or you can just blocked. open up his Twitter in an incognito tab. Ooh, I'm I'm that's, Twitter that's stupid. You know I that's how I have to see Megan McCain's tweets because she blocked me. <laughs> oh my god! All I do on Twitter is hit retweet. That's so yeah. like I rarely ever. I think the last thing I actually tweeted said that it made sense that all my Instagram ads were for therapy or goth clothing. <laughs> So like I don't really, I just pop on there. But Reddit's doing all their homework, and uh, yeah, the Reddit the Reddit sleuths are insane. I mean, they I went on there the other day because I was like, I knew what had happened with Brit with uh, Kristen and Stassi, um, but they were also talking about oh, Lala needs to be fired, Brittany needs to be fired, Jax needs to be fired. So oh, was they like, started a massive thread, of, like with screenshots and links to everything for every single person. And the crazy thing too, because I don't know if you saw this, did you see that Stassi's mother contacted Bravo and like begged for her job back and then tried to start a hashtag of like stand up for Stassi. And then Stassi's little brother apparently did a whole Instagram video about why she should be forgiven. And it was so long ago and that's not really who she is. And I Can mean, this is really pathetic. See, that's some white lady shit. I'm going to get my mom to call my job. <laughs> and your little brother? I mean, that's just disgusting. Well, um, now she's pregnant and they got that big house, so. <laughs> right, yeah. So she's she just announced the other day that she, she and Bo are pregnant with child. And on, the sh- on this season of the show, at the end of the season, they buy a house, which I'm certain that they can't afford without money from Bravo. So... I don't know what and they're going to do. On Instagram, they're screenshotting all the people have made form letters on Reddit for you to send to the entire contact list of all the people that they do like sponsored ads and stuff for. And now people are going on the subreddit and screenshotting back responses from the company where they're like, that's that's correct. This is not um, indicative of our morals or our company's values. We've ended our partnership with Stasi. <laughs> like her PR firm dropped her. Kristen's book just got dropped, which... I don't know who would be reading a book about dating advice or men from Kristen. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I am not, I'm not known for making wise choices with men either, but Jesus, <laughs> I can't imagine what kind of shenanigans is in that book. Yeah. I mean, I first of all, I, I doubt, no I I doubt it, she even so. wrote it, but, um, oh, so yeah. we've got, uh, <laughs> So Kristen and Stassi were fired. Let's make that clear. They were cl- they were fired from the show. And uh, also two other cast members, uh, you know, Kristen and Stassi were original cast members, like from the first season. The show has been on, I think, like how many years, seven years, eight years, maybe longer. Yeah, but Kristen doesn't even work at Sir anymore. So I was always confused why she was still in the mix. But so there's but there's two other cast members who are brand new, Max and Brett were also fired in the same uh, firing as Stassi and Kristen because of tweets that they had made um, that were racist and I, ble- and I think there were sexist ones as well 
and probably mm-hmm. homophobic. I mean, it's probably it, there's probably a whole gamut of bigotry on their feeds, but all yeah, of these why tweets. With one. <laughs> They're just double dipping. Yeah, absolutely. Change it up. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the people had in the course of the season discovered these tweets from Max and Brett. And they were, I mean, they were tweets from before they were on the show, but people exposed them, you know, after they popped up on, on, on this show as new cast members. And what I find interesting is, well, maybe interesting is not the right word, but they address the tweets from Max and Brett on the reunion, on the Vanderpump Rules reunion. They devoted maybe 30 seconds to talking about it. And Andy was basically like, well, so do you guys want to, you know, say anything about this? And they give like some half-assed, half-baked apology. And that was it. And, and then they just move on. And I think Lisa said something like, you know, I wasn't aware of this. And, you know, this was before they were working for me. And, you know, I know them personally. And I don't think that they're racist and blah, blah, blah. And. Because <laughs> that's how it works. Okay. Right. And. So I'm confused. So I guess it's only now because of these protests that are happening that suddenly Bravo decided to get woke and not tolerate racism. Hmm, interesting. Um, well, you know how the Kristen and Stassi thing came out, right? Well, that, that's what I was going to ask was I didn't know if did Faith expose them or did they admit publicly that they called the police on her? So and I probably should have looked this up. I can't remember. It's another MTV. Uh, like personality was doing an Instagram live and faith, whatever MTV show that she's on, I guess that's how she knows this chick. So they were doing an Instagram live and she just spilled all that tea on Instagram live. Faith did, And then it immediately got picked up. Like, I'm pretty sure the reunions were already filmed when this happened. It was like, how did faith know that it was them who called the police? Because Stassi was uh, sharing that information in an interview that Faith overheard on a podcast uh, where the episode has now been deleted. Oh, shit. But she was talking about it, about like that. Yeah, I think it was called like the Bitch Bible or something. Just some podcast. And the person that runs that podcast issued a statement, but uh, on Instagram. But yeah, it's just because Faith happened to be on this Instagram live and they were talking about. Black Lives Matter and everything that's going on. And she talked about what it was like to be the only person of color. Um, she talked about how Lisa Vanderpump told her to try to be like Nene Leakes. Um, oh, my God. Are you fucking serious? Yeah. Oh, my God. I. I, I sounds I'm like I'm going to be forwarding some articles tonight. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what Lisa told her. That she said it was important that, you know. Let's diverse, but just try to act like try to bring some color to the show. Try to be like Nini. Oh, my God. I mean, that's like when black actresses go in for an audition and they're like, Mom, we need you to be more urban. Can you do it again? But can you just be more street? Which, of course, they, they basically mean you're not black enough. They want you to make it blacker. They want you to be more stereotypical and be their idea of what a black person is. So for Lisa Vanderpump to say something like that, I mean, obviously, you know, if it's true, it, it's pretty terrible. But um, the I just I, I think it's interesting that these are things that happened and 
they didn't really seem to care that much about it until all of a sudden racial justice became, you know, in the zeitgeist. And now they want to do all these firings. But I want to address one thing quickly before we move on that. Because this is not Stasi's first rodeo with racism. She has her own podcast. I forget what it's called. But well, good luck finding it now, girl. <laughs> yeah, no, she, she's wherever her podcast is, it, is or was, it, it's no longer running. But um, she had this podcast and there was a podcast episode she did when Moonlight won the Oscar. And it was it got controversy at the time. They discussed it on the show. I guess she did some, you know, apology, non-apology. I'm sorry if you were offended. Apology. And it got swept under the rug and they kept it pushing. But I just think it's interesting that now all of a sudden Bravo cares about racism when this is what Stasi was saying. Uh not too long ago. I'm like gonna, I'm gonna offend a lot of people right now, but I'm gonna do it in a way where I hope that people don't get offended. Um, I'm like really sick of everyone making everything about race. Yeah. Like I'm kind of over it, and I know that I am the one person who's not allowed to say that because I am a white, privileged, blonde, 28 year old. So I get that. I'm saying it, I know, but I have a podcast and it's an outlet to say what I think. And if you don't want like what I think or what I have to say, then like you don't have to listen to it. You can turn it off and or unfollow me, whatever, whatever. But like everyone giving their impassioned speeches about race and all that stuff, I'm like, why is it always just about African Americans? Like, why aren't the Asians being like, we're not represented? Why aren't like I don't know, like Native Americans and Latinos being like, we're not represented. Why is it that they're like, it's always just that. And then like whenever they get upset, then everybody has to go above and beyond to then make them happy. Yeah. And I hate saying the word them because I'm not, no, not, we're, not everybody's the same. So I get, I mean the ones that are like out there bitching about things. Because it's not, I don't think people aren't being nominated because of their skin color. Maybe you weren't nominated last year because you didn't do that great of a job. And yeah, we got it. So, yeah. <laughs> and that was just, in I just can't 2017, the, like, by the way, that podcast episode aired. I just so, can't with the like, maybe your movie wasn't that good. Oh, you mean... There's so many black films that come out every year with predominantly, you know, casting with people of color. Like the thought that it was just like that all those movies are there. They were just like shittily made. Like, no, there is no representation. That's the whole point of why people were upset. The idea that she's saying basically what she's doing is she's being racist, but she's trying to disguise her racism by saying, oh, it's not the fact that I'm upset that they're. Um, talking about racism, it's the fact that why is it only about black people and not about, you know, Asians and Latinos and Native Americans? Why aren't they speaking up as well? Well, guess what, bitch? They have been. <laughs> they have been. Parasite for, just won best, best movie last They year. have been for many, many years. You weren't aware of it because you weren't, you didn't care. You weren't looking, you weren't listening. But for you to try to sit there and, you know, hide behind 
It's really just that I don't understand why there's so much attention about black people specifically as opposed to other races when really you just don't want people to be talking about race, period, because you don't care because you're a racist. And. Just it, the the level of tone deafness, the level of ignorance, the level of narcissism. It just it's it's truly mind blowing. But you know, so that that clip from her podcast episode started getting circulated again after she got fired for this other infraction by calling the police. But it's like, okay, well, you didn't take action then when she clearly outed herself as a racist. And although I do think that was the season when she got phased out of the show, but I think I don't remember if that was because that was she left L.A. then to go marry her boyfriend who she was living with. I don't remember. Well, they didn't get married. They were just was that the shitty one? (laughs) Yeah, I forget the guy's name, but the one who when she came back to the show, they were together and then their relationship was a fucking disaster. Yeah. And he like said all these offensive things to Lisa about her ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was which I think she he was like her meal ticket basically. And so once they once they broke up, it was like, well, she's got to come crawling back to Vanderpump Rules. So, uh, moving into our on the couch segment for today, we're still dealing with the fallout of COVID-19, shockingly enough, even though it's mid-July and we started this shit back in March. Um, so yeah, a lot of our states shut down, a lot of them opened back up, um, a lot of them are and then shut. immediately shut back down. <laughs> yeah, shutting down again. Um, and it, I mean, it's it's still a bad situation out there. I think places like Florida, Arizona, a couple of other states, they're literally now having to turn people away from emergency rooms because they don't have any space anymore because they've, they've they've run out of ICU space and now they're using beds in the emergency room as a makeshift ICU. So. If you've got a broken leg, if you <laughs> walk it off, little buddy. <laughs> uh, yeah, good luck. Um, but so, so there's a lot of people still in the midst of like quarantining, and which, by the way, if you're traveling to New York from any of the these messy states that still have all these infections, you have to do a mandatory quarantine for 14 days after coming here. Um, just FYI, but. Um, so the question is, how have people been dealing with trying to date during COVID-19? I mean, this hasn't been, this isn't like a quick process. It's been since Mar. I think, I think it was mid-March when the lockdowns started. And so what do you do if like you meet someone on a dating app, you you know, start talking, texting, 
maybe you even went out on a date or two before the whole thing started. Um, what do you do? And how, how do you, how do you date when you can't leave your fucking house? Well, so I definitely early on in quarantine, I was like, I'm bored. I'm really, I can only watch all these different movies or shows so many times. Maybe I should just re-download the dating apps and troll dudes for funny screenshots that I can send to my friends. So I re-downloaded the dating apps and I even went as far to do like, quote unquote, Skype first dates, which you want to talk about cringe central. Uh, yeah, where it's just me oh, awkwardly so sitting there. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm not a video chat fan. <laughs> I don't like if I could meet men in the dark, I would <laughs> like that's the upside about the whole COVID-19 thing is when they ask to put the bag on my head now. <laughs> it's not because of my face. It's for safety. <laughs> um, But I I was like, well, let me just see what's out there. Everyone's bored. Everyone's losing their minds. Let's just see if obviously people are home and like want to talk, which is honestly, that was one of my favorite things about quarantine, talking to people like, I don't know why he hasn't texted me back. Girl, everyone's at home. Okay. He don't want to talk to you. That's why he ain't texted him back. <laughs> right. Like there's no, there's no excuse. Yeah. He's not at the movies. He's not, you know. Um, but I did a couple of Skype dates, which were sufficiently awkward. Um, but I have a friend who met this guy on a dating app. They got along really well, back and forth, texting, phone calls, all this stuff. And she just said, all right, I'm going to go pack a bag and quarantine with him for 14 days. So can you imagine your first like in real life date being a 14 day quarantine? She like took her dog with her. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh my and God. then I have I have another person who is talking to someone not from a dating app, but someone that they met online on a like video gaming thing. And this person lives in Alabama and she is contemplating right now crossing multiple state lines for them to meet. She lives in Alabama or the guy does? The guy does. She lives here on the East Coast. Gotcha. So. And she, so they were, how long were they talking before she just was like, I'm driving cross country? Uh, a month. So here's the thing, though. I can't shade it too much because my current boyfriend and I met amidst the apocalypse because it would take the apocalypse for me to find a man that'll stick around. Uh, but we FaceTimed every day for like 34 days straight. And then when we made the decision to meet, it was we are going to quarantine and be responsible. And if you turn out to be an asshole, I there's a holiday in nearby. Very lovely. Um, so you can go stay there. <laughs> Um, but it, ours luckily worked out well, but I can't wait to hear some of the train wreck stories coming out of people who, oh, I showed up to quarantine with him. And, um, on the second day I found out like, you know, he, he shits the bed or like just something ridiculous or like, yeah, I got there and he had a really extensive doll collection, like oh the ones God. that are just going to be so out of left field. Yeah. Well, so she so she did actually drive to Alabama. She did. And what happened? Uh TBD haven't heard back. Hope you're out there, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm 
I mean, I, I, I don't hope know. she's got her iPhone GPS tracking on. <laughs> find me, find my iPhone. Share ETA. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming it went well. Um, I haven't talked to her since before she, right before she left. So I don't know, but that's, I guess that's part of this whole new normal is. Right. I mean, you know, we, so it's like, we don't know when, I mean, when this whole thing first happened, I think we all assumed that it was going to be like, okay, we're locked down for, you know, a couple of weeks, a month or so. And then things were going to go back to normal. I don't think any of us anticipated that it was going to be like, okay, it's July and we're still, I, I my thought was by July is when things were going to finally start opening, opening back up and going back to normal. But here we are. And that's true in a sense that everything started opening back up, but now it's all happening again. So, so are single people supposed to just not (laughs) date indefinitely until, until, you know, because what do you do? You, well, I will say in New York, at least, I don't know how it is in other places that are dealing with the lockdown. I mean, New York, I think has been the most, um responsible and thank god for governor cuomo who's like not given a shit about political pressure at all and it's just like we're not opening things back up until the numbers are right until we're doing it like safely and correctly and so if you have a problem with it suck my dick but (laughs) but um here in new york like i just met someone yesterday um a professional colleague for a drink and um there's no indoor dining here in new york so you have to do, you know, outdoor dining. Um, so there, at, least, there, at least there's that. You can like meet someone for coffee or for a drink outside. Um, but have they shut down streets up nearby you? Um, they haven't. The only streets they've sh- shut down, so to speak, are um, they've certain streets they've they've um, narrowed because they're using part of the street to help extend the um, outside dining. Yeah, they shut down multiple streets like in Baltimore because all these businesses weren't equipped to have outdoor dining beforehand. And now they kind of just have to adjust. Right. Yeah. So but yeah, I mean, in New York, the outside dining was kind of already a thing. So most most of the restaurants already had some outside dining, but obviously they weren't prepared to give up all of their inside space so they need more space in order to accommodate the customers but um so it's like okay so you're you're swiping back and forth on tinder or on okcupid or whatever and you you're both in quarantine and i mean i guess it's normal that in this sort of thing you you text for a while or you know talk on the app for a while before you meet up but I mean, I guess some people just get straight to the point, I suppose. <laughs> just like, <laughs> here's well, I think it almost I think it almost expedites the whole process now, right? Because you have people that are out of work, so they have all this time and attention that they can give you via texting or, you know, video chatting. Um, so it almost feels like things move a little faster because you normally, right? Oh, I matched with this guy. We're going to text a little bit. We're going to go on a date next week. And then, you know, maybe a week after that, we go out again. But now it's like, well, no one's going anywhere. We have nothing going on. So do you want to video chat again tonight? Like, what are you doing? Right. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. I mean, normally, like, 
when I meet someone on a dating app, I tend to not go too far into the conversation because I'm like, I, because I'm really bad at small talk and I'm really bad at first dates. So I don't want to like say too much in the online conversation because then I'm like, well, shit, then we have nothing to talk about when we actually meet. So I'm usually one of those people who's very much like, as soon as I kind of feel you out and can tell that you're like not a psycho and you're normal and I like you, I'm like, let's set a date for coffee, but, or, you know, drinks. But in this situation, you would just have to keep talking <laughs> online or, or switch to text or, or FaceTime or whatever. Um, which is, I just think that's so awkward. Like maybe I'm weird, but I like FaceTiming with someone that, that I've never met before and don't know. I just, I think that's so awkward. I mean, a first date is already awkward enough. But to do it virtually. And yeah, but you don't have to drive now, so you can really get blasted at the house. <laughs> well, I'm in New York, so we never drive anyway. But <laughs> so that's never an issue. But um, it's just and then I mean, to, to think that there's people who are like. Hey, I just met you. Let's quarantine together for 14 days. I mean. This is some forensic files type shit. Like unsolved mysteries, yeah. bitch. <laughs> yeah. The remix. <laughs> yeah, I don't um I think like with and do mine, you tell do you tell your friends like, hey, I'm going to stay at this guy's house for fourteen days. If I don't return, this is where <laughs> I am. <laughs> like Um, well, I mean, even before COVID, I was sending out first name, last name, address, you know, headshot, like everything whenever I went out with someone. So it was like, guys, if you find my body in a ditch, here's who I was with. Uh, I do think that, like, in my situation, I wasn't going to bring up doing FaceTime first because the quarantine snack struggle is very real. So I was like, mm, I'll just put off the video chatting. But it was a lot of, like, very heavy texting because... You know, I'd finish my work day and then I'd just be bullshit on the couch and can't really go anywhere because I've tried to take it very seriously and only go out when I absolutely have to. Um, so it was a lot of texting. And then after I'm going to say it was maybe a week of pretty consistent communication throughout the day and into the night, he brought up like, want to have a FaceTime date? And I was like, um, yeah, I, I my my liquor is stock. I can make that work. And it wasn't as awkward as I thought it was going to be. Now, the Skype date that I did where I had talked to that guy for, I don't know, like four hours on one of the apps. And he was like, yes, yeah, so like we should have a drink tonight over Skype. And I was like, well, I'm not doing anything. And the cat's kind of busy right now. So sure. That one was very awkward. And he launched into like ex-girlfriend chat really quickly and talked about how like He's going to Harris Teeter later and they better have fucking frozen pizza and paper towels. And I was like, oh, OK. <laughs> so I think it's just kind of how you match with the person. Right. Like, obviously, there's still duds out there. It's not like coronavirus brought all the good men out of the woodwork. But it was uh, it was very awkward with some. But with my thing, it didn't feel awkward. I think if you have enough texting and like good back and forth up front, then the FaceTime isn't as awkward. But if it's like you're struggling to keep the text chain alive, yeah, that FaceTime is going to be trash. Yeah. Well, I'm wondering if it's like, uh, 
I mean, we all, I think things are better now for the most part, but there was a long period of time when the grocery stores were like depleted and you couldn't fucking find anything. Like I remember there was a period of like two to three weeks where I was like, I literally am going to be out of toilet paper in like a day. And every time I send an Instacart person to every single store, they tell me there's none left and I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, so to have somebody, I mean, I, I've heard stories of, um, how <laughs> there's apparently a lot of like women who will go on Tinder or whatever, and they have no intention of actually like really dating the guy or sleeping with him or whatever. It's just literally to get like free meals. <laughs> and, and so I'm like, what, what if, what if you have these people who are like quarantine mooches who are just like, Hey, I can come over and stay in your house for 14 days and <laughs> eat up all your food and live off your, like, yeah, like drink up all your booze and then bounce. <laughs> Will fuck for Clorox wipes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah. And then, so what happens if it's like you decide to quarantine together and then three days in, you're like, mm, nah, <laughs> this ain't working out, but you're stuck well, that's, together. <laughs> that's why I was like, let's be very clear. You're coming to my fucking house. Like, I'm sure your gig is great. But if I'm going to be comfortable with us being this goddamn reckless during a pandemic that we're actually going to meet each other, you're coming to my place and we'll figure it out from there. And then we did have yeah, we had the whole discussion in your place that you can't you can't control whether they leave. At least if you're at their place, you can be like, mm, this isn't working deuces. Um, I know where all the knives are in that place. <laughs> <laughs> I will See, that, get the bat that, out. That's how I am when it comes. Well, yeah, that that's how I am when it comes to like, even just regular, like casual hookups or whatever. Like I prefer to go to their place because I don't, I just, the, the thing is so awkward when you want them to leave and you're like, I don't want to be rude by saying I need you to get out. But Oh, I see. No, I'm missing that gene. I have no problem being rude. If I don't want you in my house, I'm going to say, get the fuck out of my house. But we did talk and build up like a contingency plan of, hey, like the FaceTiming's been great and the texting's been great and we seem to really be, you know, clicking and connecting well. But if shit goes sideways, you're going to leave. Here's the hotels in the area that are still open because I called ahead to check. And that was just our plan. Yeah. But thankfully, it didn't come to that. Um, but yeah, but it's such a weird conversation to have before you've even like you've technically met them, right? Like you've had how many hours of phone calls and texting and like you've gotten to know this person, but you've never physically seen them in real life. So it's such a weird, like, you know them, but you don't. And then what happened if you end up getting catfished or like, or, or, well, actually, here's my other question about catfishing. Is it accurate to say that someone's catfishing if they are using, if the photos they're using are of themselves, but they're completely misleading? That's what I would like to know. I asked this question on my Twitter and there was a, a huge divide. <laughs> like if you're using like there's someone in particular whose name I'm not going to use, but a pretty spill that tea. 
a pretty well-known person on Twitter who people were taking his various profile photos he's used on Twitter over the years and comparing to what shows up when you Google image him. And they're like, oh, no. <laughs> and they're like, y'all, this is catfishing. This is literally catfishing because he looks ne- in the, these photos that he's putting as, as his profile photos are technically him. But they're so misleading in terms of what he actually looks like. But um, no. So like what happens if you. If they show up to your door with their like fucking sleeping bag and their, their, you know, pillow and they're like, hey, ready for quarantine? And you're like, wait. Uh, <laughs> see again this is why they come to my place because I'm going to open them blinds and if you don't look open like your fucking blind. photo I don't have to open that door <laughs> open you can drag your ass back onto the fucking road and um, have a blessed day but I'm mm-mm. no see this is again bring them to your place <laughs> I don't have to open that door looking through the fucking blinds like Mrs. Kravitz from Bewitched <laughs> <laughs> so here's my thing with like if you're saying this dude's photo that his was his profile picture, but it was him like 200 pounds ago, to me, that's catfishing, right? Like, unless it's a throwback Thursday post, honey, you should put some shit that's at least more recent or indicative of how you currently look. So whenever, whenever I was on the apps, because I would constantly go through the like, these apps are garbage. I'm just going to delete all of them. And then, you know, hop, skip, and three weeks later, I'd redownload. Um, But I would always try when I would re-download them to have a picture that was at least like a couple months old, right? We all have certain pictures of ourselves that we love um, that we tend to reuse over and over. But I would always try to just throw in one like, okay, so here's the most recent picture of me. This is from a month ago or two months ago. So this is what I really look like. So I don't come across like, I feel like it is catfishing, even if it's pictures of you. But if it doesn't, it's not accurate for how you currently look. It probably shouldn't be years ago. I mean, but what the? Sorry, I'm eating candy. Um, <laughs> what is the cutoff for how old a picture you can use? I mean, I have I, think I it... have a photo that is my profile photo on Twitter right now, which is from. When we went to Hawaii in January yeah. of 2019, yeah, which was a year and a half ago. Now I use that photo because I like it, and mm-hmm. it's very. I mean, it's old in the sense that it's a year and a half old. It's mostly reflective of how I look now, though I probably gained a little bit of weight during quarantine. But like, no, I do, just saw you. <laughs> you still look just like that. But how do you? Like, what's the cutoff? Or I guess, I mean, I mean, if you're, I think like, it's, what if you're using like a five year old photo that still mostly resembles what you look like now? Is that okay? To me, that's okay. Yeah. So to me, it's like if I have a photo of me where I was 60 pounds lighter and I'm using that as my main profile picture on a dating app specifically, not social media, because I'm kind of meh with social media, but specifically for dating apps, if I have a picture of me where I was 60 pounds lighter and I'm using that as my main or my only photo, that to me is very misleading, and that's catfishing. 
Also, I think if you have like you've drastically changed your hair or like any any, you know, deep swings with your appearance, I feel like that's when the picture kind of becomes null and void because I have a picture of myself from that same trip and I did use that on the dating apps. But I would also try to put whatever the most recent photo of me was. That was always the first photo, even if I didn't think it was the best photo of me. Yeah, I mean, I have some very old photos that I use on dating apps. Um, but I also have I also have ones that are very recent. So I just kind of I'm like, let me just run the gamut of all my photos and you can decide based on the, just the totality of the collection. Well, I think the other thing, too, is we are not like we're not like selfie people. Right. So like I always try to this is going to sound so terrible, but when I first downloaded Tinder back in 2015, my one of my guy friends in L.A. was like walking me through it. He was like, first picture, make it a good picture of your face. Second picture, got to be full body. So we know you're not 400 pounds. And I was like, that's the meanest shit I've ever heard. (laughs) But it was so hard for me to find like full length, complete photos of me by myself because I don't take pictures of myself and times where I'm in pictures and you can see my full body. It's I'm at a wedding with an ex-boyfriend or, you know, I'm in some huge group picture and who wants to be the girl that uploads the group picture. So the guy has to go, Jesus Christ, which one is she? So that's a struggle, too, with dating apps. I do have some selfies on there, but it's so rare that I ever take pictures of myself. So I only had them for the dating apps. So some of the older ones I had, which would show my body type more. I felt like I couldn't use them because they were too old or there were too many people in the photo. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I have any full body photo. I mean, I have ones where you can see, you know, my neck and my shoulders and, and maybe my little bit of my chest, but I mean, it's enough to see that I'm not just like a skinny head, with like looking like fucking what's her name? Uh, the girl from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory who they had to like roll out of there. Oh, Violet Beauregard. Yeah. <laughs> Violet, <laughs> you're turning Violet, Violet. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I don't think, I can't even think of a single picture of myself that's a full body photo. Like I, I, I can't. <laughs> I just, because <laughs> even, even group photos, even all the group photos that I've taken from several from the past however many years, they're all like selfies we took where it was just the top halves. So I will tell you out of the the men I spoke to on the apps during the beginning of quarantine, because uh, of course, and I don't know if this is just like, maybe it's just a straight people thing that we do this, but we always talk about how garbage like the interactions have been on the app. That's that's usually discussed pretty quickly. I feel like with almost every match I've had that comes up at some point, like, oh, so how's Tinder treating you? And then you just have the the whole conversation and shared nightmare stories. I've had. Yeah, that's definitely a straight people thing. Yep. Okay. God, they're garbage, aren't they? (laughs) (laughs) I've had, um, I've had like every guy tell me about, apparently that's a thing with the close crop selfies that certain angles and filters that, 
women are really good at masking their actual weight. So I've had multiple men say to me, like, so why don't you have any full body pics? Like, are you 300 pounds? I'm like, mm, all right, Casanova, let's pump the brakes there. <laughs> uh, but apparently that is a thing. Having one photo, tight, cropped kind of selfie. So you can't have any idea of what their body type. Right. Well, here's my thing. Even if. Even if your photos are misleading and I still find you attractive in your real form, I still find the fact that you were trying to be misleading a complete turnoff because that just says to me that you're a dishonest person. You know what I yeah. mean? Like if I, if yeah, no, I, I agree with that. If you're starting off our interaction by you trying to mislead me about how you look, then that tells me something about your character. And so if you, yeah. if you would lie about something like that, then why should I trust you? But I yeah. had, <laughs> I was doing an intern somewhere, uh, and the woman who was my supervisor, this was like 15 years ago. She, um, she was single at the time. She's married now. And she was, I believe, meeting guys on J-Date. And um, oh, she said <laughs> where her office was in Manhattan, she was able to, like the, the office that she was in, she could see the street from her office window. And so she would have the guys, when they would meet for dates, she would say, okay, meet me at the corner of, you know, 53rd and 5th or wherever the office was. I forget. And she would literally, <laughs> she would literally have the guys come there. And once they were there, they text her and be like, hey, you know, I'm here, Pam, or shit. I'll have to edit out her name because I didn't mean to say it. <laughs> uh, hey, I'm here. And um, she would open the blinds <laughs> and look out on the corner. And if they didn't look like the photo or she didn't find them attractive, she would just ghost and never show up to the date. <laughs> Icon, icon, <laughs> legend, star, and I'm that's like, amazing. At first, you're kind of like, well, that's really mean. But then, on the other hand, it's like, well, shit. If if you're misleading people, then I kind of feel like maybe you. That's what you get. Like <laughs> this is what you get yeah. for trying to lie and mislead someone. I mean, what do you think is going to happen when? Do, I guess do they? Because even people who are full on catfishing, like there, there've been um. I think episodes of like 90 day fiance like that, where um, the person was catfishing and, and they met they It was like revealed like, Oh, you catfished me, but they still dated them anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. so I guess it's, it happened, but I'm just thinking in the, in, from the perspective of the person who's doing it, what do you think is going to happen when you show up to the date and they see that you clearly don't look like your photos either because you use like 10 year old photos that were like 300 pounds ago or you're using somebody else's photos. What do you think is going, do, do they delusionally believe that like the person's going to be like, Oh, I guess this is okay. Let's order. I fell in love with your soul, not your look. Right. <laughs> like I don't, I don't get what you think the out, how you think this is going to end. That, that could be said too about people that use like the crazy face tune or filters on social media where I'm like, girl, you know, we know what you look like, right? Like we've seen you in right. real life and, and that is not what you look like. 
Yeah, I mean, look, it's one thing to just kind of like, you know, clean up a photo a bit, you know, use the auto, <laughs> you know, filter that just kind of, you know, color corrects and whatever, the lighting and the contrast and whatever. Um, and, you know, maybe you had a pimple that day, so you kind of use the healing brush in Photoshop or something. I don't know. But so, you know, so it's one thing to just kind of like clean up the photo, but it's another thing to actually like alter your appearance so that you, so that it's actually like, this is not what you look like. <laughs> yeah, like changing the shape of your nose or right. like your jawline or, girl, we know what you look like. Come on out here. The water's fine. You, can't, <laughs> you gotta do all this mess. Ay, ay, ay. Um, so... Yeah, I guess that's it for today. Um, hopefully the next time we're... The next episode, we're not in lockdown anymore and people are able to start dating in person again. But given our current presence, I think that's probably unlikely. Um, but... Um, see you guys next time hopefully you finished your wine if you didn't chug that shit down now glug 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 uh and we'll see you guys next time bye bye